Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm coming for all of you! Right now there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Folks, uh, you know, right now I'm dressed up in my podcast and clothes. There's no doubt about that. I'm sitting in front of a microphone and a laptop at a desk and I'm bringing you a show. And that's what I prefer to be. I prefer to be a broadcaster, a uh, performer, an entertainer, if you would. But as we all know, uh, I'm an Uber driver. I don't like to identify myself as such, but at the same time, I have to realize that that's kind of the thing I do more often than anything else these days. Uh, you know, I've got my fingertips all in show business, writing, performing, and all of those things, and podcasting, com- comedy, and uh, I have my fingers in those. But I think the thing I grip most often with the full palms of my hands is a steering wheel. So uh, I have to recognize that it's a huge part of my life. And unfortunately, it bleeds over to this show a lot more often than I thought it would or it should. Uh, but it's because I wind up doing it quite often, and that's where most of my life takes place now, inside of a Toyota Camry. And I try to invite you in there with me all the time <laughs> to tell you about, hey, guess what? Um, last week, I, uh, I drove 10 days in a row. Uh, you know, I drove all of last week and then I drove the three days prior to that to the point where this week I've just been fucking numb. Like I, I haven't done a, a goddamn thing. I've just spaced out, you know, even, even when I went into the car to go to the gym, uh, it felt weird. Like it felt like it was rejecting me almost like I, or my body was rejecting it. Like I didn't, I just didn't want to be in there. And look, you guys all have those types of, uh, relationships with your job. I'm sure there's times where you go to the office or you go to be a cop or you go to be a criminal or whatever you are with your life. I don't know why I made you a criminal. I don't know why my brain went there. I guess cop associated with criminal, but I don't think there's any criminals listening to this show. And if there are, I, you know, I good, God love you. Good for you. Go ahead and do your job. Don't tell Lou and the rest of the cops who listen to my show because that would be bad because then you guys will be chasing each other with fucking uh, yakety sex going on Benny Hill style listening to the fucking show. Can't have that. Although if you are a criminal who listens to this show, do me a favor, dress up like the Hamburglar. That's all I ask. Just wear like a black and white shirt and a fucking mask and go out and take care of business and do your stuff. Uh, or, or be like a suave cat burglar. I demand you grow like a, like a silver shock of hair and like a, a goatee, like a Van Dyke. And then you climb up on the ledge and you go in here and, and you steal the, the ruby ruple of Nepal or whatever the fuck. Uh, I don't know if there'd be a ruby ruple. Uh, you remember Ruby Rupel, that gossip columnist from the 20s? Oh, my God. Walter Winchell married her. It was a bad, bad, very alliterative wedding, but they didn't last long as a couple. Uh, so I was in the car, sipping on a milkshake, leaning on the wall, taking a break. Because, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, 
Rhonda got a big old butt. All right, so the thing I wanted to tell you guys, I, I, I drove for 10 days, man, and I fucking fried my head out. And I, I get to see a lot of different people, and I'm talking to some, and I don't, and I bring you these stories, and I tell you all about the stuff that happens. And uh, and so this week, I wanted to do something different. I just, I just want to tell you a story, and I want to tell you about one encounter I had last week. Uh, try to, try to, <laughs> I, I'm, it's an exercise in discipline. Let's put it that way. And, uh, and it's, it hasn't gone well so far cause it's really late Wednesday night as I record this. And like I said, I went numb the last three days and just kind of stared, stared at forged in fire, stared at chopped, stared, stared at iron chef gauntlet, went and lifted weights, which was great. Uh, went Monday and Wednesday. New Mike is, is in, uh, in Roy, in route. And uh, no candy, I should tell you this, I had one candy bar last week. I was eating two a day, sometimes three a day. I had one last week. So I'm, I'm feeling better about that. But I'll tell you all about that a little later. But uh, uh, I wanted to tell you about this one one encounter I had late Saturday night. I was driving in Hollywood, and uh, I wound up getting a ping over near the Arclight Theater on Sunset and uh, Argyle, I believe it was. Uh, there's there's a bunch of clubs there on Cahuenga and Argyle, whatever the fuck. And I pull up, and it's uh, it's three people who are uh, not drunk, thankfully, because I tell you what, it's always a crapshoot at that time of night. It was 2 a.m. Uh, they pinged me about 1.55. And, uh, and there, there was a 2.3 surge, so I'm like, man, I hope they're going fucking far. They hop in the car, and it turns out they're going to the valley, which is fine with me. It was a 12-mile ride. So I'm like, all right, you do the math in my head, 2.3, 12-mile ride. I'm going to make about 25 bucks from this ride, so that's cool. The only bad thing is they take you out of Hollywood, and again, this whole thing is boring and it's a video game, but I'm going to do my best to share it with you. Uh, what you want when you're in Hollywood around bar time, you'd love to get like three or four short rides and close with a really long ride because all the surges are doubled. So then like a $4 ride is an $8 ride. You do three of those, you get 24 bucks. Then you do, and those are, you know, mile and a half, two mile rides. Then you take that last person 25 miles. Boom. You made it. You made good money in an hour, which is great. Uh, I'm sure you have the same thing gaming the system at your job. You know what I mean? Where it's like you work time and a half, you do these other things. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it, and again, I, <laughs> I, I mentioned that because I feel embarrassed explaining it to you. It's so ridiculous that I would have that kind of shame regarding the thing I do to make money, but it's the thing I do to make money. So it seems petty and small of me to have to tell you, oh, but you know, you're trying to game it and try to get this and the strategies, because I don't think anybody gives a flying fuck about the strategies. And nobody wants to hear about me trying to game it and make as much money as possible. We all know that. We're all trying to make as much money as possible. And see this right here, this is the rub with a lot of the things that I do these days is I keep questioning myself whenever I have an opinion or I try to state what I do, I immediately step on its neck and go, well, you guys all have the same thing. So why the fuck do you care about mine? It's a silly way to be and something I'm trying to fight through. So I pick up these three people and they're going up to, oh, so again, the strategy is, like I said, you want to do the short rides and then a longer ride. When they take you 10, 11 miles, you know, that's a decent ride, 24 bucks. But by the time you get back to Hollywood, because you got to hump it all the way back down there, it's then 2.30, 2.35 and the surge is ending because there's so many fucking Uber drivers that just descend on fucking Hollywood like roaches on a corpse. And they just fucking school in and they grab everybody. And then by the time you get down there, the surge might be down around 1.5. It kicks back in around three in the morning. This is why I drive until four, sometimes five. Uh, so, uh, I went to the Valley with them and, uh, again, it was two women in the back and the guy sat in the front and, uh, and he was, uh, how do I describe these people? They were Persian, uh, and they were speaking Farsi, which was very nice and they seemed lovely. But, uh, as you know, uh, because they were Persian, the, the gentleman 
decided that he was going to sweat Drakkar the entire ride. I mean, I, I imagine he put cologne on before he left his house earlier that night, but it was it had permeated his suit. There, I, I think I told you the story about the the prom dress that the woman buys at the fucking uh, po- the like a pawn shop, and then her daughter dies in it. It turns out because she, her pores open and she was dancing, she had all the embalming fluid. They were buying dresses from a corpse store, not a corpse store, a fucking funeral home. Uh, that's I swear to God, I covered that on an old show. Uh, it's an urban legend. Well, I mean, this dude's suit is, is, it didn't have any embalming fluid in it, but the next guy who wears it is going to be automatically a, like an official Persian because he's just going to smell like fucking Drakkar or whatever the fuck else or Paco Rabanne, but it was more Drakkarish, more, uh, you know, cause there is a, like Yoop is a real sweet flavor, uh, like cologne and stuff. And then there's stuff that can be real, uh, citrusy or orangey. This was that, just that kind of heavy cologne smell, like uh, the, the thing that men like, which I just, I don't, and I, it, it, so I don't know if that betrays me as not a man or not a cologne guy. I don't know. Uh, but I grabbed the Persian and his two girls and we started to go up to the valley. They're going to Van Nuys too, which is deeper in the valley than I wanted to go because they're going like to North Hollywood or something like that. Then it's an easier hump back. But to go this route, and then again, uh, they're not just off the freeway. That's a rough thing too. And it's, it's again, you, I'm just giving you strategy. Once you get to the 101, and you get into Van Nuys, they then lived like three and a half miles deep into Van Nuys. So that means when you're humping back, you got to go through like 12 traffic lights just to get to the fucking freeway, and it, it impedes your progress. So uh, it was like, it was 150, 155 when I picked them up, and uh, and like I said, it's a 10 mile, 11 mile thing, or 12 mile, whatever the fuck. So I drive, and I ask them if they want to play some music, and they're very nice, and luckily the guy wanted his window open because otherwise... I'd have Drakkar lung, as you know, and I'd be fucking dead right now. I'd have I'd have Paco Paco Silli inside my fucking lungs, and every time I breathe that it would go Raban. Raban. That's what me that's me on my deathbed after I'm locked in a room with ten Persian dudes. Paco Paco I'm having fun doing that. Raban. All right. Uh, so I, I drive them to the valley and I get off in Van Nuys and I head over to where they live. And, uh, they were very, again, very nice people. They weren't drunk. That's the most important thing. I, uh, I would much rather have somebody who smells like he bathes in your car three times a day than a guy who smells like, uh, you know, Dick Van Dyke's ball sack, which I imagine smells like vodka and sadness. That's my only, that's my guess. Although I guess Dick Van Dyke's not really a fucking, he's not a booze hound anymore, is he? Uh, he was for the longest time, but, uh, but I, well, look at his nose for fuck's sake. The guy's nose is just brutal. It looks like somebody printed a map of Rhode Island on a potato. That's fucking Dick Van Dyke's nose. It's terrible. Um... But, you know, I, again, I'd much rather have cologne than booze, so I'm fine with it. And uh, it just means i got to roll all my windows down to fucking air out the goddamn car when they split. So I drop them off at their apartment, and now i got to hustle back to fucking Hollywood. So I turn the car around, and uh, before I'm even off their block, I get pinged for a ride in Van Nuys. And now I should tell you this. You know, I can decline rides, but on the weekend I'm stacking rides because I'm just trying to make as much money as possible. And I figure if somebody's pinging me for a fucking ride in Van Nuys... Maybe they're going toward Hollywood. That's always the gamble you have to take. Because again, I don't know where the fuck you're going until you get in the goddamn car. So I take the chance and I accept the ride. Because I figure if I'll grab this person or this couple or this group or perhaps it's another pile of cologne, I got no fucking idea. But if I grab them and they're heading toward Hollywood, then I get paid to hustle back. But I will tell you, there's no surge in the valley. So this is just going to be, if this person's going a mile and a half, I'm getting $2.80 and that's it. But... 
it's a fucking chance I take. Especially when I'm just trying to stack rides because you got to get 55 rides for a bonus. This is a lot of math and a lot of fucking numbers that you don't care about. I get it. Next time, I'll tell you what. Do me a favor. Do a podcast where you tell me about your yearly bonuses and all of the <laughs> what you have to do. And I'll listen. I promise I'll listen. I swear to God, I deserve it for subjecting you to guys to this fucking bullshit. Um, so I, uh, I get pinged and I go to pick this person up and I go and I, as I drive up there, I don't see them. And I should tell you, they were in a, an area where there's all these apartment buildings that are kind of deep off the street. So what you hope is that these people come out to meet you and they don't make you wait. Cause they have, you have five minutes. You have to give them five minutes. And ideally you don't have to give them the whole fucking five minutes because they realize they ordered a fucking Uber and they're standing out there waiting for you. But some people are inconsiderate. Some people are just busy. Some people are still curling their fucking hair. I don't know. I told you when you go to the fucking airport, sometimes people, you order you from the fucking plane and then you pull up and do, they're like, oh, I'm still on the plane. Well, bye. I'm the fucking waiting for you. What the hell are you doing? Because they try to game it. Everybody's trying to game it. Everybody's trying to get ahead. Everybody's trying to do whatever they can to make it uh, the best for them as possible, or the best for them, Jesus Christ, the best situation they could possibly be in. And I'm no different. Like I said, I'm grabbing this guy and hoping he's going toward Hollywood to game it and get me some money. Uh, so I pull up and I wait. And like I said, he's not there. And then sure enough, I see him emerge. It's a guy. And uh, you know, he's only out about a minute and a half. He walks over to the car and he's carrying a backpack. And uh, he, he flings the door open. Uh, the back seat, and I go, hey, what's happening? And I, I will call him Andy. His name is Andy. I go, hi, Andy. And I, I have a standard line that I do with everybody who gets in the car. I go, you Andy? And he goes, yeah, you Mike? And I go, yeah. And I go, I, go, <laughs> uh, I said, but you're Andy. He says, yes. And I go, well, it'd be weird if you weren't, because again, it's three in the morning. Who else is getting in my fucking car? So he opens the back seat, and he puts his backpack in the back, and then he closes the door, and he pokes his head in the window, and he goes, hey, do you mind if I sit in front? And I, 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 I don't really, but I also don't understand what the fuck you're doing sitting in front. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. Here, as an Uber driver, I will tell you, because again, a lot of people are always like, oh, I, I didn't th- I thought it would be uncomfortable for you if I sat in the back. No, it's completely comfortable for me if you sit in the back. That's totally fine. I, I know what the gig is. I don't mind pretending I'm your chauffeur. I don't mind driving Miss Daisy. I don't care about any of that. That you were, you know, you're not the right shotgun and be my pal. Uh, cause you're paying for the privilege, but that's the thing. Also, if they're paying for the privilege and somebody says, can I sit in front? I go, yes, because they're paying and I don't want to be a cunt. So, I mean, all right, go ahead, sit in the front seat. This guy gets in the front seat and, uh, I, I can see like his hair is wild. His eyes are even wild, which sounds strange, but you can tell, you know, I, I pick people up that are drunk and you can see glassy eyed or you, you can get a read on somebody kind of right away. And I did this from when I was bouncing, I could see somebody and I could know if they were going to be trouble. You could just see if somebody's swaying the wrong way or they're stumbling or if they, like I said, they come up, they keep walking up to people and close talking them. You know, they're drunk. You got to keep an eye on them or if they're moshing too hard, you know, you just, you just know, I get You get an idea for when someone's a little fucking flighty and Andy was just that his hair's all messed up. His eyes, he's got almost like a faraway stare going on. Like he's, he's kind of wild eyed, but he's staring like right through me. And he's in the front fucking seat. So if he's got a fucking shiv or a, or a, a switchblade, you know, I'm, I'm going down. Uh, I don't know why. By the way, I don't know if he's a greaser. I don't know if he has a switchblade or not. Not, not at this point in time. We'll get to that later. If he has one, it might come out later in the story. But I don't know at the moment if he has one. All I know is that this guy looks like uh, probably about fucking 15 miles of fucking beat up road. And also he looks like he looks like, he, you know what? This is truthful. He looks like he fell out of a plane. His clothes are disheveled, his hair's messed up, his eyes all fucked up, and he's got a scratch on one of his cheeks. 
And he gets in the car and he's like, oh, man. Oh, my God. Thank you for picking me up. Uh, which always makes me laugh because, I mean, you ordered the, the Uber. And so what I always say to everybody, I go, I go, well, thank you for asking me. I'm glad. You know, that's fine. And he goes, oh, my God, what a night. What an unbelievable night, Jesus. And so I slide as he's talking. I slide the thing to pick him up and to see where his ride is going. Now, I should tell you, we're in Van Nuys, California. And it turns out our friend Andy is heading to Los Alamitos, California. Uh, now, if, if you'll Google it now, you can find out. But if you want, I'll just tell you, that's 50 miles away. Five zero, folks. It's 2.15 in the morning, and this guy's going 50 miles. And by the way, as I've already mentioned, he looks like he might have run up from Los Alamitos and just arrived and wanted a ride back. That's how fucking fried this dude looks. So I go, you're going to Los Alamitos? He goes, oh, yeah, that's the address. And he reads the address to me. And I go, yeah, that's it. Okay, it's Los Alamitos. Fantastic. And uh, he goes, oh, my God, it's just an unbelievable night. Just such an unbelievable. And he buries his head in his hands. Elbows on knees, head in his hands, leaning forward, basically almost on the dashboard. So I just start driving. And uh, and he's rocking back and forth. He's going, what a night. What a night. Oh, my God. What a fucked up night. What a fucked up night. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't say anything because I, I don't, I don't ever know what to do in those situations. Uh, so I then launch into the speech because I will also, well, you'll hear the addendum that I always have late at night or early in the morning. I said, Hey, look, uh, the windows are open now, but if you'd like them closed, if you want the heat on or the air on or anything like that, I got no problem with that. Just let me know. He goes, oh, my God, what a night. No, it's fine. I need windows. Fresh air is good. Fresh air is good because I've had a fucking terrible night. I said, okay. I said, uh, music, we can turn it up, we can turn it off, we can change it, you can play your own, whatever you want to do, I don't care. And he goes, no, I don't, whatever you got is fine. I don't, I'm not even, I can't even hear the music right now. I can't hear anything right now except my own fucking thoughts. I can't hear anything except my own, oh my God, what a fucking night, what a night. Head in his hands, still not looking at me. I said, all right. I drove, get to a stoplight. He's still rocking. I drove. I go, you know, that seat goes back if you want. And he reaches down and he slides it all the way back. <laughs> Just the bottom part, not the back part. So I said, you know, you can recline the seat too, because here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get him to fucking lay down so he goes to sleep and leaves me the fuck alone. Uh, so he goes, no, that's okay. This is fine. This is fine. Oh my God. Oh my God. What a night. I said, all right. Uh, well, look, I'll tell you what. Sounds like you've had quite a night. <laughs> he goes, oh my God, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't like it. So I'll tell you what. Uh, I can play the radio. I can play music. I can play talk radio, whatever you want, uh, and you can lay back and relax and you can sleep and you can go ahead and figure out whatever you want to do because I recognize it's late. You've had a tough night. If you just want to fucking relax, I will absolutely leave you alone. But if you just want to go ahead and uh, you want to talk, that's fine too. I'm sitting right here. And and he goes, he just goes, oh, my God. Oh, 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 yeah. You know what? I, I really, I want to talk. I really want to talk. And I said, all right, man. Uh, cause, and, cause again, I know it sounds like I don't want to talk. I don't mind talking. Uh, cause again, there's going to be something happening here. I hope it's nothing horrendous, but he's, he's got something and he wants to vent and that's fine with me and I'm cool with it. So he goes, Oh my God, I want to talk. It just, I, I really, I want to hear what you think. Cause I had a terrible night. Oh my God, I've had such a terrible night. And now he's looking at me and his eyes are just fucking flashing. And, uh, he goes, do you mind if I put the seat back up? I go, excuse me. He goes, can I, can I put the seat back up? And I go, you mean the seat you just slid back? He goes, yeah, man, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what I'm doing. I, I just, but I want to look you in the eyes when I talk to you. I want to look you in the eyes. 
I said, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to be focusing on the road, but you can, he goes, all right, good. And he just <laughs> slides the seat back up. He goes, but I really got to talk, man. I guess I just got to find out what somebody thinks. I got to find out what you think. I, I need, uh, I need advice. I need to help. I need you to help me. And, uh, I said, well, man, uh, you, dude, you got 50 miles, so I, I'm not going anywhere. And there's a pause and he goes, what? I said, you got 50 miles to talk to me. You got an hour. So let's, uh, let's do it. And he goes, oh my God, 50 miles. No. Oh, where, where are we going? I said, we're going to Los Alamitos. He said, that's what, and he goes, is this the address? And he reads it to me and I go, yes, it's in Los Alamitos. He goes, I didn't realize it was that far. I said, yeah, it, it is. And he goes, are you sure? I said, look, you just got in the car and told me you've had the worst night of your life. Do you think I'm going to gouge you on this fair? And uh, he, he, his eyes flashed, and he looked at me, and he kind of goes, no, I guess not. And I go, no, I absolutely wouldn't. I promise. I go, but if you, you double-check, man. Double-check your zip code or whatever the fuck. I go, but it said Los Alamitos. That's where you wanted to go. So I, and he's like, no, this is the, that's, that's the address. I, I'm sure. it. I just, I just didn't know it was that far. He goes, we were there earlier, and then we went to three different places, and I, I just didn't realize it was that far. And I go, oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's 50 miles, so I mean, re- relax. Uh, you know, it's just we got to take the freeway. And he goes, well, is there another route you can take? I go, no, nah, dude. 50 miles is 50 miles. It's, it's not like I'm going around the earth. He goes, all right, all right, I'm sorry. It's just been the worst night. I've had the worst night. I just, I just, I've had such a terrible fucking night and I don't, I don't have hand anymore, man. I don't have hand. I just, I can't figure out what to do and I don't know what's going to happen. I go, okay, well, start from the beginning. He goes, well, I just, I just, I look like such a pussy, man. I just, I just got punched in the face and I had a guy throw my fucking backpack and it's just, I just don't know what to do about my girlfriend and I, I'm just freaked out, man. I just don't know how to fucking explain it. And I said, all right, well, I, dude relax. I said, we're driving. Take your time. Tell me what you got to tell me. He goes, I can't relax. I just, oh my God, it's the worst night. I just had the, I just had the worst night. Thank you for picking me up. I go, oh, I told I, it's fine. He go, I, I go, where are you? So you're going to Los Alamitos. That's fine. That's great. He goes, yeah. I, and what happened is I was at a, I've been dating this girl. All right. And he, gra- he literally grabs my forearm because I've been dating this girl. Okay. And I've been dating her for two months. And, and I love her, man. I mean, I love her and she loves me. We love each other so much. And we just, it just, we had our first fight tonight and it was just, it was just a ridiculous, it was just a crazy fight and I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I said, all right. Um, well, I mean, what happened? And he goes, oh, you're not, it's just, it's, you know, I, I, fl- I flew into town. I just, I work as a, you know, I work in Vegas and, uh, and I came here, you know, she's, she's in town and, uh, and she lives here and, and she's come to see me. You know, it was my first time coming to see her. She comes to see me in Vegas all the time. And I'm a, I'm a promoter out there. I'm a promoter and a producer. And, uh, and, you know, she used to be a stripper. And in my head, I just go, oh, fuck, promoter and producer and a stripper. No wonder this guy's a fucking psychopath about to spin off the goddamn planet. I mean, his job's bad enough. You throw stripper into the equation. That's just, you know what? Stripper is the fucking Mentos into the producer and promoter's Diet Coke. It's You're just asking to shoot a fucking two-liter bottle to the goddamn moon by mixing those two together. Absolutely. And Vegas? You can throw fucking Vegas into the mix? Get the fuck out of here. So... He tells me he's a promoter and a producer in Vegas, and he's been coming out here, and, and uh, he's, she's been coming to see him, and this is his first time out here, but he went to a wedding with her. And uh, he's, I went to a wedding with her, and, and you know, I met her friends for the first time, and it just, it just, the vibe was different, man. It was just a weird thing, because this girl, you know, she would grovel at my feet. I mean, she just would worship me, man. She was unbelievable, and, uh, you know, but then she just, t- tonight, she just lost her mind, and I don't know what the hell happened, and, uh, you know, she wound up t- telling this guy she left with another guy, and then this guy grabbed me, and he threw my laptop into the street, and then he punched me in the face, and, and now I don't have hand anymore. I just, I just don't have hand. I don't know what the, to do, and I go, what do you, first of all, 
what do you what do you mean you don't have hand like you're and he goes i don't have hand i don't i don't i don't have hand anymore in the relationship i don't have the upper hand she's got it all man she owns it like she she completely because i've talked to her now since and she's she's basically treating me like so much shit like on the phone i've talked to her and she's like i don't give a fuck what you do anymore i don't want to fucking see you again and he goes i don't i'm never how do i get hand back how do i get hand and i i realize i realize what he's actually saying like he's talking about having the upper hand in a relationship but he's really using the term hand. Like, I didn't think anybody really talked like that. I thought it was a goof on Seinfeld. I mean, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, and he, I said, well, I don't... Dude, what do you mean upper hand? He goes, I, yeah, I just... You know, because for two months I had the upper hand. You know, she was coming to see me and everything was fine. And, you know, she was groveling at my feet and she totally fucking worshipped me. And then I come up here and I meet her friends and she's kind of standoffish at the wedding, you know. And we're taking photos together. And, and I could tell that she was she was pulling away from me. I could just feel it, you know. And I, ju- I just knew that she was pulling away and she wasn't, she wasn't happy to be with me. And, like, she would go and whisper to her friends and I would see her whispering. And I knew there was stuff going on and I just didn't... I didn't know what to do because I'm the only one there and I don't know anybody, you know. And, I mean, you know, if I'm in Vegas, I'm at home. I'm on my home turf. I've got hand there, but I come here and I had no hand to begin with. And I just feel it slipping away. And then when she leaves with another guy, I, I got no fucking hand. And I go, dude, you got first stop. You, you got to stop at the hand. That's silliness. He goes, well, I'm just telling you, I, I, I know I don't have the advantage anymore. I look like a pussy. I look like such a fucking pussy right now. I said, okay. I, so, so what happened? He goes, well, I'm at the wedding and I meet her friends, you know, and, and, uh, and I could tell we took photos and she, she's pulling away. And look, we were both drunk. And I wanted to go, no, really? Are you kidding? He's, he's, we were both, uh, we were both drunk. You know, we got drunk at the wedding and, and then we're taking photos and I could tell that she was pulling away from me in the photos. Like I'd look at them afterwards. I'd see them on the camera and I could tell her. And I, so I go to her and I go, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you fucking pulling away from me in these photos? Like, are you not proud of me? Are you not proud to be with me? And she'd say, I, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Andy, I, you, you just calm down. Let's have a good time. And I'd say to her, no, cause I could fucking tell like she was holding me up. She was ridiculing me in front of her friends. And uh, cause then, you know, her friends came up to me to meet me and they, they said, uh, Oh, are you Andy? You're the Andy we've heard about. And she's like, yeah. And they're like, well, you're not going to rape her. Are you? Cause we, we, you know, we've never met you. And I was so fucking pissed, man. I wanted to punch that chick right in the fucking face when she said that. And, uh, I, I'm just listening, you know, I'm just driving and I'm letting him fucking vent. We're on the 405 heading down. And he goes, yeah, and she, I knew she, but they fucking, then they whispered and they all laughed about me and I knew they were fucking laughing at me, man. And, you know, cause I could feel hands slipping away at the fucking wedding. Right. And she pulled away in the photos and I knew that was the fucking thing. And it just, it just, it was ridiculous. I mean, this is wrong, right? This is wrong. And I go, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, it, it sounds to me like maybe, uh, you guys were drunk and you might've overreacted a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Do you think so? I, I, I think maybe, um, but I, I, again, I wasn't there. But it sounds like maybe you got drunk and you were maybe nervous to be around her friends for the first time. And, and so you overreacted a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, though, man. I fucking, you know what? I got to fucking call her. So he dials the phone. And I'm just driving. And I'm just, and in my head, I'm like, all right, we're down to like 38 miles. I got to get this fucking guy out of my car. <laughs> and I'm driving. And he, he looks at the phone and he goes, I can't fucking believe this. I can't fucking believe this. She's, I, she just fucking, um, this is fucking, oh my fucking God, why, God damn it, I knew I didn't have hands anymore. I go, what, what are you talking about? He goes, she's not answering the phone. I go, so, all right, well, so what does that mean? And he goes, it means I don't even know if she left the door unlocked. I go, what door? He goes, the door to her house. I go, wait a minute, we're going to her house? He goes, yeah. And I go, no, dude, you can't go to her house. He goes, what? What do you, what do you mean? Do you, you really think that? Mike, oh, oh my God, Mike, you got to tell me. I said, listen, Andy, are we talking here? He goes, yeah. I go, are we, are we seriously? Cause I mean, I will, if you want to hear what I think, 
I will tell you. If you want me to nod and just listen to you, I'm happy to do it. I said, I, I'm... Guys tend to try to jump in and try to solve a bunch of shit when they're not even fucking expected to or they're not even wanted to. And I'm not gonna, looking to insinuate myself into your life. So you tell me. Like, if you want to hear... And he goes, oh my god, no. I absolutely have to hear what you think. I mean, you seem like a guy with a lot of experience. I go, I don't know why you would say that. I'm driving you to fucking Los Alamitos. That's the only thing you know about me now other than my name is Mike. And he goes, well, I'm just saying, I just, right now, yeah, man, I need somebody to tell me what's up. Like, I, I need to hear what you think. I said, well, I, you know, here, here's what I think. I think first things first, you got to stop with this hand nonsense. He said, what do you mean? I go, there is no, there is no hand. There is no upper hand in a relationship. You can't sit here and think to yourself, oh my God, she's now got the upper hand on me. There's no way. I go, and plus you say you look like a pussy. That's a construct. You look like a pussy to you, man. Trust me, I've lived this where I thought I looked like a pussy and it turned out maybe I wasn't. I was just overreacting because of the way I felt inside because I was upset with myself and angry with myself and sad and maybe I wasn't exactly where I needed to be in my life. Oh, man. That, that actually, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm just telling you, I'm just, there's no such thing as hand. You don't, you don't need to be that guy. But I'm telling you this right now, dude. You can't go to her house. He goes, what do you mean? I said, you, you, are you kidding me? You can't go to her house. You just told me that she left with a guy who she had punch you in the face and the guy threw your laptop into the street. And he goes, yeah. I go, you've only been dating this girl two months? And he goes, yeah. I go, then fucking you're done. You're done. You walk the fuck away right now. You never, you, you bail. You don't even, I go, you know what you should do? Here's what a man would do. Okay. You, a man would, would call her. Okay. Because you're not going over there. Cause that's just going to cause fucking problems. But a man would call her and go, Hey, listen. Uh, I'm really sorry about what happened tonight. Things got out of hand. I hope you're happy and I want you to be living your best life. Take care of yourself. What we had was great and, uh, and we're finished, but thank you. Or we, you know, however you got to do it. And he goes, wait a minute. You think, you don't think I should see her again? I go, no, never again. I go, honestly, if I was you, you would fucking ghost the chick. I should take you right now to fucking 405. We're on the 405. I can take you to LAX, drop you off. You change your flight and you leave in the morning, head to Vegas. Don't fucking go to her house because only bad things can come at her house. He's like, well, you know, she was treating me like shit all night. And then after, you know, what happened was we, you know, we were at the wedding and then she wanted to go to, uh, to leave. And so I said, well, let's go to the strip club because we always have a good time at the strip strip in Vegas. And I'm like, oh, dude, no fucking way. You're, you're kidding me, right? And he goes, no, we went to the strip club and, you know, because she used to be a stripper. So it's like a, a good place for her. It's like a safe place for her. And I go, it's not a safe place for anybody, dude. Fucking strip club's not a safe place for you, for her or for a couple in the middle of their first massive fight. He goes, well, you're probably right because she just, uh, she just sobbed like the whole time, like the whole time on the way over there, she started crying. And then we got in there and we started crying and, and I'm sitting there, she's crying and, and I don't know what to do. And I, you know, so of course I bring a girl over to dance for us because I think that'll cheer her up. Oh my fucking God, dude, I, I don't. And he goes, what? I go, dude, you, you can't be serious. He goes, well, no, but we, we go to the club in Vegas and that's what she loves it. I go, yeah, because Vegas is a fantasy world. She's not at home. She's over there doing that. I go, she, you know, now she's here. She went to a wedding with you with her friends. You're now, you're, you're moving from fucking weird hookup in Vegas into boyfriend material. And you're taking her back to the strip club and getting her a lap dance while she's fucking sobbing. Well, yeah, you're probably right. You know, no, I'm, I'm right. Trust me. I'm right. Well, she was crying and we finally got asked to leave the strip club. Like we got asked to go. And, uh, and I go, oh, Jesus Christ. I, I, in my head, I'm thinking, man, if a strip club asks you to leave, uh, you, you have definitely made an impression like, cause they want all your money. They don't give a fuck what you're doing. As long as you're not jerking off in, in the open, you can stay in a strip club. But the fact that she's sobbing and just bringing everybody else in the club down. Yeah. Good for you. So they fucking split. 
He goes, so we go out to the parking lot and I ask her, why the fuck are you crying, man? Like, what the fuck is your problem? And, and she's just like, you know, leave me alone. You know, you don't understand. You started this at the wedding and now you're doing it here. And it's, I don't understand. And I said to her, I go, Hey man, you know, you fucking did it at the wedding. You know, you've been shitty to me at the wedding. You've been shitty to me here and you're fucking crying. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And then she, then she, uh, here's the thing. She started it, man, because then she's like, you're a terrible father and you're this. And I, so I lost my fucking mind. I was like, man, get the fuck away from me. The fuck is your problem? And I, I looked at him and I go, she started it. He goes, yeah, she said I was a terrible father, like right there in the strip club parking lot. Which, by the way, is a sentence that needs to be bronzed and saved for all eternity. She said I was a, best, a shitty father right there in the parking lot of the strip club. Holy fuck. And, uh, and I go, she started nothing. I go, Andy, you started this shit at, at the wedding. Don't you realize? And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, you, you've... What happened to you when you came here? Like, what? where did you lose your confidence? And he goes, well, I was a little worried about meeting her friends and stuff, but at the same time, I thought it would be fine. And I go, it would have been fine if you didn't start acting the fool, dude. You've got to own this. You need to fucking own this. He goes, I got to call her. I go, dude, don't call her. And he goes, I got to call her. I got to make sure the door's unlocked. I go, dude, you're not going to her house. He goes, I have to. I go, no, just switch the fucking flight. Leave tomorrow. Trust me. You don't want to go there. Nothing good is, that, is, is going to happen there. You're just going to make her more, more sad. You're going to get pissed. It's just fucking, it's a mistake. It's a mistake to show up there. Well, I don't have much of a choice. I'm here till Tuesday. <laughs> okay. So it's Saturday night. You, she called you a shitty father. They threw your laptop. She had a guy punch you in the fucking face. And now you think you're going to go crash at her place till fucking Tuesday. Well, I have some producer business while I'm in town. I'm supposed to meet some people and I'm using her car while I'm in town. I've got her. I go, do you think she's going to let you use her car? You're lucky if she answers the fucking door. She won't even answer the fucking phone. Yeah, you're probably right, but I got to go over there. No, you don't. You don't. I'm telling you, listen to me. You asked what I thought. I'm telling you. You need to go to the airport and just get the hell out of town. There's no reason for you to subject her, her to more of this or, or yourself. There's no reason. I got to call her. So he fucking calls her and he's just, he's staring at his phone and it's ringing on the speaker and she won't pick up. And then it goes to voicemail and he just goes, fuck, fuck, fuck. And he punches my dashboard. Fuck, bam. And I go, Hey, because up to this point, again, I've been talking, but I haven't been mean. And I just go, Hey. He looks at me and I go, you need to holster that shit, motherfucker. I'm going to pull over and dump your ass out right here on the fucking freeway. And his wild eyes gained some clarity because he probably realized the six foot two, 350 pound guy in the seat next to him wasn't going to fucking play around like his girlfriend in a strip club parking lot. So he goes, oh, Mike, I wasn't, I'm sorry. I wasn't even thinking, man. I'm just, I'm so frustrated. It's the fucking worst night of my life. It's the worst night of my life. And I go, Andy, there's no way this is the worst night of your life. I know in the moment or whatever, I don't know how much, how many drinks he had. He goes, well, I'm sober now. And I go, great. Then do some sober thinking. You, you can't go through with this. You have a son, right? You said you have a kid. He goes, yeah, two and a half. He, he adores me. I adore him. I do anything for him. I go, great. So how's he going to feel when he hears that you got thrown in jail because you went to this girl's house in Los Alamitos and you got to try to get bailed out? Well, I'm not going to go to jail. I'm not going to do anything stupid. I go, who, who cares? You say you won't do anything stupid. You probably didn't go to the wedding thinking you'd do anything stupid. But who knows if you go to there? All right, what, what, I tell you, all right, I look, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to just say this to you right now. She's not picking up the phone. He goes, no, she's not. I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I go, okay, what happens if you get there and the door is locked? He goes, well, I'll, I'll knock a couple of times and, and I'll, you know, hopefully she'll let me. And I go, where are you going to sleep on the doorstep? He says, well, no, I'm, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And I go, well, then what are you going to do? You're going to get a hotel? You're going to go to the airport? Like you need to have a fucking plan of attack because if you go to her place, first of all, I don't think she's fucking letting you in. If she's not answering the fucking phone. He goes, wait, you got to hear this voicemail. You got to hear this voicemail. And I go, dude, I don't need, and he goes, no, listen to this fucking voicemail. And he plays the voicemail. 
And it just, and it's, it's a sobbing woman. And she's like, I can't believe you fucking ruined the wedding. And then you fucking brought me to that strip club. And I just don't fucking understand. What, what changed? What changed in you? What changed in you? Why are you acting like this? I don't fucking understand it. Don't, you know what, motherfucker? I don't ever want to fucking see you again. I don't want to fucking see you. You take your fucking laptop and you get fucking lost. And don't ever fucking, and, uh, you know, it goes on like that. And then he fucking hits end. And I said, what part of that message makes you think she wants you at her place? He says, well, you know, we've had arguments before. I go, like this? And he goes, well, no, this is our first big fight. This is our first big one. He goes, but I've done this with other chicks. And, uh, you know, they always fight their way through it. It's like, they, you know, that happens. You just, you know, she's a bitch or whatever. And she calls you a fucking dick. And, and the next thing you know, you're, you're fucking. Everything's fine. And I go, that's not how it's supposed to work. He goes, well, I never had a problem with any other girls. I go, are you still dating those girls? No. Why not? Well, it got to be too much. Yeah, it got to be too much. Well, guess what? You packed all of got to be too much into one night. You think so? Yeah, I think so. How you can listen to that voicemail and think that she wants you at her house is is beyond me. Oh. Well, I mean, I, I just, I, you know, I don't want to fucking, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know what to do here. I, I, I just can't, financially, I can't just leave. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I can't switch my flight. Like, it's too much, too much money. I go, it'll be 200 bucks. He goes, yeah, no, I, uh, right now, that's probably, I, I can't do that. I go, fuck. All right. I go, now I can really identify with your situation. He goes, what, what do you mean? I said, listen, I've been where you are. All right. I said, I, I dated a woman once. I left and uh, I came back and tried to stay with her platonically and it didn't work out to the point where I wanted to leave the house, but she kept setting my shit on fire and wouldn't let me go. What? Yeah. Uh, that happened. Uh, you know, I just came out of a relationship where I was dating a woman who would, we'd go to strange cities and she'd just leave me. We were in Minneapolis. She left me at the ballpark and took the train away, and I, we, I didn't know where the fuck she was. Then I, we went to Washington, D.C., and she walked fucking eight blocks away from me and I in the middle of downtown D.C., and I just had to follow behind. And uh, at that time, you know what I thought? I thought I looked like a pussy. Um, well, so you lost hand? I go, there's no such thing as hand. You've got to stop. There's no such thing as hand. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to be in a mutually beneficial relationship where you love them and they love you and you support them and they support you and you want good things for them and they want good things for you. And when they're hurting, you're there for them. And when you're hurting, they're there for you. If you have to have hand in a relationship, you don't have a relationship. Well, I just, uh, you know, in every relationship I've had hand and I've never been able to, I've never given it up. Hand is really important. Hand is not important. It doesn't exist. Looking like a pussy doesn't exist. You know, I'm going to tell you something. There's a, this will sound ridiculous, but I mean, I've been in therapy for four years. All right. And one of the first things my therapist told me about was a book called the four agreements. Uh, and the four agreements are, it's four things that you should just kind of live your life by. And they're, they're, look, there's a lot of mystical mumbo jumbo, fucking Indian Toltec, goddamn spiritual advisor, you know, rain dance nonsense in there that you can take or leave a lot of, you know, Christian stuff floating around. I'm not a religious guy, but these principles, he goes, Miguel Ruiz. I said, pardon me. He goes, Miguel Ruiz. And I go, yeah, he goes, four agreements, Miguel Ruiz. He goes, yeah. I said, yeah. How do you know? He goes, oh, I read that book. Absolutely. It's fantastic. I go, all right, did you pay attention when you read it? Because you're not doing any of the stuff it says. 
Uh, and he's just like, well, no, I read it. It was great. It was another relationship that I had. It helped me get through it. I said, great. You should read it all the fucking time. Cause I do. I'll crack it open and read it just for a refresher course. I said, there's four fucking agreements. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Now, let me ask you something tonight. When you think you lost hand, when you thought you looked like a pussy, do you, do you think you followed any of those? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I did. I mean, I, I tried to do, you know, I mean, I was drinking too. We were both eight drinks in. And so she's crying. I go, great. If you're in a relationship with somebody where when you get eight drinks in, you call them a cunt in a strip club parking lot, you don't have a relationship. Especially, like I said, two months. You're two months in, dude. You should, I said, I was married 20 years. I was married 20 years and I never called my wife a name. Not once. You know why? Because I didn't think that of her. Well, you know, when you fight, you say things and just you just recover the next morning, you kiss and make up. And I go, no, no, that shit never goes away. If I had called my wife a bitch and I woke up in the morning, I wouldn't want to look in her face because that would be awful because this is the person I've chosen to love for the rest of my goddamn life. And I, I would call her a bitch or a, uh, he, uh, you, he called her a whore. You called the girl a whore. He's like, yeah, well, you know, because that other guy came to pick her up and I go, so what? You called her a whore, dude. I got news for you. Also, she was a stripper. Okay. She was a stripper for a very long time or even for a fucking hour. Who the fuck cares? But the point is obviously something's up inside of her. I mean, look, I don't want to shame sex workers or whatever the fuck, but you know, if you're, if you're going to be a stripper, something's up. I mean, yeah, you're making money, but nobody's thinking to themselves, man, I can't wait to show my areolas to fucking strangers. And he laughed and I go, well, of course, but dude, fucking this, this is, this is, this is your fault. No, it's not. I, it is. It is your fault. It is clearly your fault. I got to call her again. Don't call her. Don't even go. Oh, I told you I can't afford it. Well, dude. All right, let's do this for real. If you get to the house, like I said, she, you knock on the door. She doesn't answer. What are you going to do? Uh, I, I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. No, no, there's no, there's none of that shit. You're just going to leave yourself. Cause I, I go, look, I'm telling you this. I'm dropping you off. Uh, you know, if you need another ride somewhere else, you can tell me, but I'm not, I'm not waiting longer than a fucking minute. No, I, I understand. But I mean, if the door's locked, you know, I'll know that and I'll, I'll have to leave. And I go, all right, you're going to leave then. So you're telling me right now, if you go all the way to Los Alamitos, 50 mile ride, you're going to go ahead and find out she doesn't have the door unlocked and you're going to just hop back in the car and I'm taking you where to the airport. Yeah, but it's, it's Long Beach airport. It's not LA airport. I go, okay, whatever. I go, all right, you're telling me that I go, but I'm not waiting more than a minute. No, no, I understand. I just, but I got, I got to get there and I got to find out because I got to, you know, I, I'm, if she has the door unlocked, all right, let me ask you this doors unlocked. You show up doors unlocked. You walk in. She's in bed with the guy who punched you in the face. Oh, bro. Why would you say something like that? Because you have to think about this. She's already told you. I, I mean, I heard that voicemail message. He goes, oh, I didn't play you the other one. I go, no, I, I don't need to hear. No, no, you have to hear the other one. He plays the second voicemail message and she's not crying anymore. Now she's just like, fuck you and fucking never come to my house. And I don't ever want to fucking see you again. And you acted like a fucking asshole and all my friends know you're a fucking asshole now. And, you know, go back to fucking Vegas and you're not going to fucking sleep. And, and then he stops it. And I go, what part of that? I go, dude, the crying voicemail. You thought you might have a shot because she's crying and sad. You hear this fucking voicemail and you're still going to her house. Well, I don't have a choice. Yeah, you do have a choice. You do. You can change your flight and bail and you eat it. I go, again, I told you I was in a relationship like at that time that happened in Minneapolis when I got left alone in Minneapolis at the fucking ballpark. I, I fucking, I met her. I caught up with her after the train stop. We went to the fucking hotel. I packed my bag. I went and slept in the airport at one, one, it was fucking one in the morning. I slept in the airport till the next morning when my flight left at fucking eight 30 or whatever the fuck. 
He goes, you slept seven and a half hours in the airport? I go, no, I fucking tossed and turned in the airport for seven and a half hours, eight hours. Then my flight was delayed. It got shifted and moved. I go, but fuck, I had to get out of there. I had to because there was, because bad things would have happened if I would have stayed. There's no point. And also I got no, I got, I'm old. I'm old, man. I, I, I don't, you know, I said, what are you, 22? He says, 33. My jaw hit the fucking floor. My jaw hit the floor. 33-year-old man. You're calling a girl a whore in a parking lot. I, I fucking, I might have gasped. I don't know what I did, but he goes, what? And I go, you're 33 years old. He goes, yeah. And I go, Jesus Christ. I go, dude, here in this story, I thought you were 22. 22-year-olds worry whether they look like a pussy. 22-year-olds worry about having hand in a relationship. 33-year-old men with sons don't behave like this. You got to own this. Well, you know, she I, I own the beginning. There's no doubt. At the wedding, I was a little weirded out. I was. Her friends freaked me out, and so I acted fucking kind of weird, and I started drinking. And I, Yeah, yeah, don't quit with the friends. Quit with the booze. You, there's something inside you. You've already told me you've done this with other girls. Well, yeah, but then you always rebound from it. I, I go, no, apparently you don't because you're not dating them. We've already discussed this. Well, yeah, they got tired of it. Yeah, of course they got tired of it. When are you going to get tired of it? Well, uh, you know, the thing you don't understand, you, you, you got to understand these girls, they, you know, they, they know who I am right in the beginning and they, they, they listen to me. And then, you know, if I tell them these kinds of things and they're good, I go, dude, you're revving and you got to stop. You can't make these excuses. You need to own this. Like I said, I honestly, I think you should ghost this girl, but in reality, if you want to be a man about it, what you do is you call her and you go, Hey, look, I was out of line. I apologize. And I'm sorry it ended this way. I love you. I will always cherish the time that we had together. Take care. He goes, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't think that that's true. Like I don't, it wasn't my fault. I go, it doesn't matter if it was your fault. Honestly, it is your fault. I'll tell you that right now. It is your fault, but it doesn't matter if you feel it was your fault or not. Well, maybe you're not understanding. You know, she had this guy, like she called a guy to come pick her up in the strip club parking lot. And then he showed up and he punched me in the face. I go, I heard all of those things. But from what I've heard about your behavior at the wedding and the drinks, and then you calling her a cunt or whatever the fuck and, and a whore in the parking lot, you deserve to get punched. I mean, how do you know? It might've been her brother. Who the fuck knows who it was? Because I'll tell you what, if it was my sister, I'd punch, I would, I'd probably still be punching you, motherfucker. What are you doing calling a girl a whore in a parking lot? Especially a girl you say you love. Why would you do that? Yeah, all right. I mean, I guess, I guess that makes sense. But I, I just, I gotta, I gotta go to her house. I have to go to, what do you mean you have to, you, you don't, you don't. Please listen to me. I'm telling you, you don't have to go there. You said you read the four agreements. Yeah, I, I did. I totally read. Okay. Well, let me ask you about you tonight because you keep saying it wasn't your fault. Uh, do you think you were impeccable with your word tonight? What do you mean? I go, well, you called her a whore. Do you think she's a whore? Do you think she's a bitch? Well, she was acting like one in the park. I goes, fine. This is a woman you claimed to me you loved after two months. It was the best two months of your life. You claimed you were having the most amazing time. Well, I was, dude. She like worshiped me and she was groveling at my feet. I go, that's not good enough. That's just, that's just hookup nonsense. I mean, it, it wasn't a real relationship. It was a fantasy. You guys were going through for two months and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with having that in the opening of your relationship. You float through a fantasy life. It's great. But then you called her a bitch and a whore. That was inside you. You felt that. Well, I mean, she said that I was a shitty father, so she started it. No, you dude, you started it at the wedding. Are you not understanding? I, I, all right. I, yeah, yeah, I get it. You get it? Yeah, I think so. All right. So let me ask you again. Were you impeccable with your word? 
well, I don't, well, I don't know what that means. Well, you know what it means. You said you read the book and you loved it. Do you think she's a whore and a bitch? Well, no. But she was acting. I go, no, no, stop. No addendum. If you don't think that, then you were not impeccable with your word because the whole point is to not say things you don't mean. Did you take anything personally? Well, yeah, man. I told you she fucking started it when she called me a shit. No, no. Before that, dude, at the wedding, you said you saw the photographs, you saw the, and you felt that she was pulling away from you and you saw her friends kind of whispering to one another and you felt that they were, I go, you know, that's all insecurity on your part. That has nothing to do with what they did. That's you inside you. That's something inside you that isn't right. You're, you're disquiet. You're, you don't feel that you're enough. I get this feeling. I I'm that a lot of the time. So I know what you're thinking. You see people whispering, you see them talking, you think they're talking about you and it's, it makes you more insecure. And then I, you know, you ran to booze. I don't, but you do. Uh, so, so, but do you think that you, you took things personally? Well, yeah. Cause that girl, I told you, she's like, you're not going to rape her. Are you like, I, I wanted to fuck that girl. I'm going to go, you can't fuck a girl up. You know that, right? Well, I would never put my hands on anybody or whatever. I go, how'd you get the scratch on your face? Well, I told you the guy punched me. I was like, oh, all right. Because in my head, I was like, I, I didn't want to open that can of worms, but I fucking had to ask. I said, did you make assumptions tonight? Well, I, and, and by the way, now we're on the 105. Did you make assumptions tonight? Well, I, I mean, I, I guess so. Yeah, you did. Andy, you made assumptions. You assumed that her friends were against you. You assumed that she was pulling away from you. Then you assumed taking her to the strip club would make everything all right. I mean, dude. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I'm I'm right. Most importantly, did you do your best? I guess not. No. No, Andy. Uh, I don't know you. I've known you 35 minutes in this car. But I can tell you, you didn't do your best. Because this wouldn't be anybody's best. And doing your best doesn't get you punched in the face and have your girlfriend drive off with another guy. Yeah, you're right. Mike, you're really helping me. I, I'm trying to, you, but you're really helping me. Like I, I needed somebody to settle me down. I needed somebody to tell me exactly what was up and, and, and to tell me I need somebody else's point of view because I see it differently. And I, yeah, you do. You see it differently. And, and we're talking here. So I'm just going to tell you, man, you're wrong. You're wrong in this whole situation. You're wrong. You were wrong at the wedding. You were wrong at the strip club. And you're wrong for going to her house. Yeah, but I have to. All right. We get on the 605. He calls her again. She doesn't answer. He just looks at me. He's like, I can't. I don't understand why she's not picking up. I go, I know why she's not picking up. Yeah, but, I, you know, she's got all the hand now. Oh, my God. He just wouldn't drop it. She's got all the hand. I mean, you, you heard that second message where she just told me to fuck off. She doesn't care if I come by. And, she and uh, and you know, she even told me, she's like, you're going to have to earn your way back into my life. You're going to have to prove to me that you fucking love me. And you're going to have to prove to me that you're a good guy. But, I mean, I don't fucking think you can. And I, I go, well, why would you even go back to this? Well, I mean, I know that's just talk. You know, we're just, I go, no, it isn't just talk. I heard those voicemails, man. I heard the one where she was crying and you know what happened? Then she went, why the fuck am I crying? Why am I going through this? And if this chick was a stripper, I'm sure she's probably pretty tough. And he goes, well, you know, I just, I hope her daughter is not there. I, what? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What? 
Well, she's got a daughter too. So she's, you know, she's got uh, a daughter, and I, I, you know, I don't know if she's at the house tonight. She said she was going to let her babysit over by her mom's, but I don't know if. She, and I go, oh, dude, you're going to go there, and there's going to be a baby there. Well, no, she's not a baby. She's like seven, and I go, I, I don't care. Would you want your son to hear you two going at it? Well, no. All right. Well, then why why would you do this? Why would you take the chance? Well, I told you I have to, and I, I, I'm telling you, this is just—it's just, just going to blow over, man. It's just right now she's got hand, and I've got to go ahead and talk to her and see about you know if there's a way we can work. Oh my fucking! You're not listening to me, dude. You're just not listening. So we just kept driving, and uh, and we hit Los Alamitos. I get off the freeway, and he goes, "I am listening to you." I go, "What?" He goes, "I am. I am listening to you. I heard you. I think you're right. Do you, th- I, you, you, you're definitely right." I said, okay, so what are you going to do? Well, I'm, I'm going to go to her house. I go, all right, I'm going to drop you off at her house. And then what? And he goes, well, I'm going to ask you a favor. I go, dude, don't. And he goes, no, no, I, I just, look, you you know where my head is at, but I mean, I've calmed a lot. I've calmed down a lot. I've calmed down a lot. You've really, you've really helped me. So I just, I just want to say thank you. And I just, but, but also at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't know what this is, what's going to be like. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen when I go here. So I'm just, I'm going to go in. To, to, the, to the house and then I'm going to, um, you know, hopefully the door's unlocked and we'll see. And I go, all right, look, I'm going to take you. I'll take you right to her door. And I told you, I'm going to wait one minute, one minute. And I'll even leave the meter running so we can continue this fucking ride. F- after a minute, you're not out there. I'm leaving. Yes, that's okay. That's okay. It's up here. It's in an alley. It's, you gotta, you don't go on the street. You gotta go around the back because that's where the entrance. I go, dude. I'm not taking you around the back so you can hop a fucking fence and sneak in a door. He goes, no, no. The front door. It's the way it's set up. It's like the the the, the doors face the alley. I promise. I go, all right. So I pull in this alley, and sure enough, there's the front door. There's a car parked in front of it. And as I pull up, you know, I got the hybrid, so it's quiet. It's, and it's now it's fucking you know, three three o'clock, three o five maybe in the morning, and uh. I look at him and I go, Andy, I'm telling you right now, you shouldn't do this. Well, I'm telling you, I, I, you helped me a lot. I, I'm just, I'm, you know what, I've, I've thought about it and you're right. You know, I don't look like a pussy and I just, I just got to make sure it's okay. But, you know, I'm supposed to stay here till Tuesday. I got all the stuff I got to do and I can't, I can't leave. And, and, you know, you, you heard her. She said that I would have to prove to her that I was still, that I was, you know, worthy of coming and staying here. And I go, that's, that's one sentence she said amidst a lot of fuck you, fuck you, go home. And he goes, yeah, I know, I know. But I, but I think I can talk to her and I think I can convince her. I go, all right. He goes, all right, well, you know, you'll wait one minute. I go, look, before you get out of this car, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm not your compadre. I'm not your partner. I'm not your fucking accomplice. Don't go pounding on shit. Don't go punching a window. Don't do, a bu- don't do anything crazy because I will call a cop. If I hear you screaming, if I hear any yelling at all in that one minute, I will absolutely call a cop. Oh, I get that. No, I totally get that. That's that's understood. That's totally understood. All right. I said, I, you know, even though I've said all that stuff, I'm your friend. I know, Mike. I know. Thanks. I mean, I I, I didn't expect, I, I, you know, I didn't expect this to happen, but it's it's nice to meet you and have you kind of set me straight. I go, all right. But as your friend, I'm telling you, you really shouldn't go knock on this door. He goes, well, I, you know, I know I shouldn't, but she's, cause she's got all the hand, but I got no choice. And I knew the second he said that he hadn't heard a word I fucking said the entire trip. Hand. He looks like a pussy. 
Fake constructs, all of it. All of it. All of it I've fucking, I've hung around my neck like a goddamn yoke. So he gets out, walks up to the door, and he knocks. And nobody answers. He doesn't look back at me, but he tries the knob and it's open. And he goes in. So I wait. And uh, I wait the minute because I said I would because I want to be impeccable with my word. I see a kitchen light go on and I hear voices, but I don't hear yelling. But at the same time, I thought he'd come out and tell me that I could go or release me or whatever the fuck or tell me something was okay, but maybe he took me at my word that I said I'd be leaving in a minute, but at the same fucking time, I'm pretty pissed off because I just tried to talk this guy down and now he's in the goddamn house and he's winding up in this fucking discussion with her and he can come at least wave at me and then I thought, you know what, fuck that, don't. Don't take anything personally. This guy's not in his right head. And, uh, and it doesn't sound like a fight. It doesn't sound like they're screaming. But also, I don't know if they're making up. I just, I hear voices and then I see the kitchen light go out. And I don't know if he's going to come back out. And now we're at three minutes. And in my head, I'm like, should I call a cop? And I go, you know what? Don't, don't make assumptions. You don't know what's going on in there. Maybe they made up. Maybe in spite of everything he fucking told me and all of her voicemails that I heard, this promoter, producer, and stripper could make it work at least for one night, at least until Tuesday, at least until he gets back on a plane and goes home to his son whose life he better fucking realize is in his hands. And so I ended the ride and I backed up and I left. And I am telling you, I drove off and, and I thought about it all, all night. You know, I drove back and because again, I get a hump back for free. So I drove 50 miles up to Van Nuys and that's still, you know, six miles from my house. So I still got to go to my place. And I thought of him the whole time. I thought of her and I thought of that drama and I thought of that fucking sick feeling you get in your stomach when you're fighting or when they're, when you're getting the silent treatment or when you're being left behind at a place and, and you don't know what to do with the person you love and you don't know how to make it work. And you just, you twist yourself on knots. And, and I, I've done that for 50 years going on 51. And I, I say it all the time, man, I got 25 years left. I got 25 years left on this planet. I don't want any drama. I don't want to be upset or twisted or worried. I don't want to get mad. I just, I kind of want to sink into the background most of the time. You know, I tell Shannon too. I just, I just, I want to be happy. I want to do things that bring me joy. I want to have the sun on my face. I mean, like really simple things. I want to have Someone I love sleeping with me on the couch with their legs across my lap as I rub their feet while they while they sleep. I, I just, I want moments. I want joy. I want happiness. I don't want any more, you know, I, I walk away from anything. Because, I mean, I that, that dude was vibrating. And he was vibrating virtually the entire ride. And normally, and the good thing was he wasn't drunk. Drunk and vibrating would be fucking bad. But vibrating, you know, at least we talked. And uh, he didn't listen to a fucking word I said. And I don't know who's got hand, him or her, or whoever the fuck. I mean, it's phony. It's all phony. Everything's phony. Fights are phony. Silent treatment is phony. 
just just look at the person you love and love them. Just stare them right in the face and just and just never be mean to them. Never be angry. Do everything you can to not have any rage and be upset. I told you I'm gonna be 51 in two months, and I I don't know, you know I've I've got plans, stuff I want to do. Like I said, I got 25 years left to be in the sun, to to work up a sweat, to walk, to smell new mown grass to smell chlorine in the pool. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it all means so much to me. It means so much to me, especially when I see someone like that who got punched in the face and had his laptop thrown because he called someone a whore for nothing, for nothing. Quell the disturbance inside of yourself. I've done really good. I've done really good work for four years with Shannon trying to do just that. And I think I've made real progress because I just, I don't vibrate anymore. I walk away. I I just I don't I don't involve myself in anything that's going to cause me agita or heartache. I want to. My instincts are there still, but I, I pull myself away. Fifty one. It's twenty four years. And I'm gonna spend those twenty four years always doing my best. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt Comedy dot com. You guys can be my friends at facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can find me at Instagram and Snapchat, Instagram and Snapchat, Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. I'm there lurking all the time, waiting for your snaps and your snips and your instas and your grams. Here's a funny thing. I followed like, I think I told you I followed three Boston Terrier accounts on Instagram. Followed three Boston Terrier accounts, and uh, what happened? Well, I've been followed now by, I think, 15 different Boston Terrier accounts, uh, two of which keep trying to sell me T-shirts that are like the corniest, worst Boston Terrier T-shirts you've ever seen in your life. But but that's what happens on Instagram, people. So I'm there, Instagram and Snapchat, Mike40YOB. I'm there lurking. I'm I'm great. Uh, Ryan Dirks is your web guy, or actually he's my web guy. He's our web guy. Let's use the royal we. He, he belongs to we, to us, the royal us. Ryan Dirks is the guy. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and be his friend and let him know how you feel about web stuff. I don't know if that plays, but why not? He's also a farmer. Talk about farm stuff with him. Ooh, talk about, you know what? He's got web stuff and a farm. There's a good chance he might be Wilbur the pig. I, I, I'm going to say Ryan Dirks. You know what? That's some web guy. <laughs> uh, so I'm an idiot. So by the way, Giovanni Giorgio Peluso is the coolest. Do you know about him? He's a cool guy. He's a guy who handles all of our uh, YouTube stuff. He posts the show to the YouTube channel every every week, and uh, he, he's the reason we have a YouTube channel. He's at Facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. You can find him there. And uh, you can also listen to his podcast. He's got the Get It On Geo podcast, G-I-O, Get It On, and also the Outdoors FAQ podcast. And then, of course, he does all the Loveline stuff, all the Dr. Drew stuff. He goes ahead and shines that up for you. Uh, he takes that some bitch up, shines it up and he shoves it up your candy ass. Woo. That's me doing the rock and Ric Flair in one big speech. So go be his friend at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. And remember he's got his, uh, he's got a YouTube channel. He's got all that other cool stuff, but he built our YouTube channel and then his podcasts are out there lurking and you love them. Go ahead and listen to get it on and listen to the outdoors FAQ. 
David Hernandez, David Mex Hernandez, he is the coolest guy in the world. He is, uh, he's our everything guy. Not even, you know, uh, Geo's our, Ryan's our web guy, Geo's our jack of all trades, but Mex is our cool guy. He does all the cool stuff. You can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and be his friend on there and tell him that you love him and tell him you love all the cool stuff he does for the show and for the Westside 86 Jokers page, which is my fan club, which lost four people this week. What the fuck happened? How do I lose four fans in a week? I can't spare fans. Uh, but that's fine. I'm sure you guys will pick up the slack. Still, our great friend David Hernandez does all the work in there. He does all of the music for this fucking show. He does all of the artwork for this goddamn show. He is the fucking man. He is the guy. He's my consigliere. He's been in my life for 35 years. He'll be in it again for another 24. That's great news. Uh, but you can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. But I'll tell you what, if you want to really reward this cat, reward this cat, reward, reward. Go ahead and find him at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. You can find him on there. You can go ahead and order some cool-ass artwork. He's got Valscapes. He's got Gaikons. And he can do also custom artwork for you. If you just want a painting of yourself, if you, let's put it this way. If you want a painting of hand, if you want just a painting of a big hand and just give it to your wife and go, ha-ha, now you have hand. Uh, do that. I, I just still can't believe it. But anyway, get him to paint some cool stuff. And uh, he can paint you. He can paint your friends. He can paint anybody you know. He can paint uh, superheroes. He can paint anybody you would want in your life. Uh, so go ahead to artbydmh.com. Look through all of the stuff that he's already done. He might have some of that stuff for sale. Or like I said, if you want him to paint like your grandpa as a tribute with a corncob pipe and you give it to him or you display it at his wake, I don't, I don't want to speak to your grandpa Diane, but why not have a great painting to display at his wake? It's perfect. And then you can book me for your wake and I'll come in and do jokes while Max's painting is there. We're taking over this wake. Uh, so please go ahead and find him at artbydmh.com. He's the best. Order some stuff. Keep him in business. I would love it. So would he. Oil paintings, watercolors, sculptures, macaroni, whatever the fuck you need, he can paint with it. I'll tell you what, like Salvador Dali, if you want to jerk yourself off and come in some paint, he'll paint with that probably. Some of that might not be true, but go ahead and negotiate. I'm sure everything's negotiable for the price. You just have to go to artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Max? Yes, Mike. Am I vascular and yoked? Yes, Mike. Shall we begin? Yes, Mike. Singing about girls anymore. Pasta and you. Pasta 
if there's one thing I hope I convinced you of during this show, it's that you want to do some part-time driving for Uber, don't you? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you want to? Listen to all the interesting people you meet. Listen to all the cologne you get to inhale. That's fantastic. And you get to use my code, so then if enough of you do it, I don't have to fucking do it because I'm the Uber pimp who makes money off of you guys. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> there's Lyft. My code for Lyft is all caps, Mike, M-I-K-E-720057. My code for Uber is all lowercase, D-J-Z-W-1-Y-T-T-U-E. Now look, you don't have to become a driver. You can use those codes if you're first-time riders. If you want to use a Lyft ride or you want to do an Uber for the first time, use my code, and I think I get a couple of bucks, and then you get a discount, and everything's fucking great. Uh, And then, you know what? If you've got some problems, you can tell your driver about them. See, we're there for you. We want to help. We want to listen. Or we want to just listen to music while you recline the seat and you fucking go to sleep. <laughs> I had a weird hiccup there. It stopped me. S-s-sleep. 
Uh, but there, that exists. So DJZW1YTTUE is the Uber code. Mike72057 is the Lyft code. Use those if you want to drive. And then, you know what? Here's the deal I'll make with you. If you do that, because I get a bonus, I get some money kicked my way if you do a certain amount of rides. And then you can contact me and tell me your garbage stories, and I'll listen to you just like you have to listen to me every goddamn week. It'll be perfect. I'll be like a little sounding board for you. Just like you have to listen to me, I will go ahead and listen to you. I will call you and hear about your progress and listen to all your funky fucking rides that you've got to deal with out there at Uber and Lyft. And, uh, oh, the gig economy's great. It's going right well, isn't it, folks? Airbnb is shutting down there because there's so many fucking cheap cocksuckers trying to steal money off of that. There's a fucking service out here uh, that I just learned. They, they will put you in a retail job for a day. I mean, those used to be temp agencies, but now there's like apps where you can sign up and literally you can go work at the mall and you could work at two different, like the mall will hire you and you can go help out at three different stores during the course of a day. I, we are just, we are so close to just workhouses and child labor, right? We're just going to have nine-year-olds fucking working in slaughterhouses. That's how it's going to go because they're going to deport all the immigrants who do the hard jobs. And then that's one of the reasons why they're bringing back child labor because they're like, you know what? We think we should lower the age of kids uh, working to like maybe 15 or 14. They're going to do that because they're going to deport everybody who else works in the slaughterhouse and all the picking strawberry jobs. They're going to make the kids do it. This is fucked. Everything's going to hell. Uh, you know what? This, this, I think Trump's got hand. He's got to hand on this whole country for fuck's sake. Uh, anyway, folks, go be a Lyft driver and Uber driver, make a fucking nest egg in the wall, move to Canada together. It'll be fucking fantastic. Uh, please remember there are sponsors for this show. You know, there's sponsors, right? Uh, there's the paranoid strain podcast. That's our main sponsor right now. The paranoid strain podcast is out there. You can find it in the iTunes story. They also have a YouTube channel. They're trying to get you to go ahead and take a look at uh it's great stuff fearful jesuit is a cool ass guy right now the uh, episode it's the false flags episode that's what's up right now with me doing alex jones and a bunch of other cool ass stuff in that episode and then uh that's what's also available over there on the youtube channel um you can hear all about the official magazine of isis i'm trying to stay fully yawn fuck Ugh, and attack me god damn it uh so there if you want to know about project artichoke folks go ahead and listen to this goddamn episode it's there it's existing it's right now in the itunes store leave a review in the itunes store leave a glowing review please tell them that we sent you because again it makes them think that we're a hitter makes the jesuit and the rest of the monks think that we're somebody important so they can go ahead and keep sponsoring this show but uh it's there man so and also write the jesuit tell them good things and like i said you can if you get a phone number you can call and get your voice on the show please listen to the show enjoy it it's fantastic and with the death of art bell it fills a void ladies and gentlemen art bell is out there telling you all about aliens and scooping up nonsense about people who are out there fucking running amok well now if you want to hear people run amok listen to fucking fearful jesuit tell you about all these amucksters that are out there amucking it up for everybody else he's the new art bell he's taking over he's filling the slot he's filling the bell slot he's he's the new clapper in the bell i don't know i'm babbling but it's out there fearful jesuits podcast the paranoid strain exists for you to download and listen to please we would love it very much and then tell him that we sent you and then he'll again think that we're great please go to mikeschmidtcomedy.com we've got that there and if you go there on the uh, joe business page we got all sorts of stuff there still that you can download or buy uh i believe me it's it's decrepit it's a ghost town i think we still have t-shirt links up because we're dumb uh by we i mean me but uh but there is stuff there like downloads in the heroes album Mex's Heroes album and also the uh, Word Pimp Schmitty and the Misanthropic Gangster album is also available still. Uh, the download sets if you want them. I don't know if you would or you wouldn't, but there's everything still exists over there. You can go ahead and check it out. But also, most importantly, there on the Joe Business page is the Amazon link. I pounded the table there just for my friend uh, Kilt Bill. Kilt Bill's like, dude, I listen to this thing and you fucking hit that table and it go- bounds in my head. I'm sorry, Kilt Bill. I had to do it twice. Uh, <laughs> 
And uh, you know what? Kilt Bill was the one who convinced me to just tell that story this week because I was like, yeah. He goes, dude, you're a storyteller. Tell that fucking story because I told him the story at lunch. Uh, all right. So anyway, here's the thing, man. I had lunch, So I had lunch with Kilt Bill this week. That was one thing I did that when I wasn't driving for 10 straight fucking days. I went and saw him. I played some poker. I'll tell you about poker in a minute. Um, so on the website, like I said, use the Amazon link. That'd be great. Uh, we get money. They get money. You get stuff. You can get some cool ass stuff there. It's fucking uh, it works out perfectly for them and you and us, all of us. It's a triangle of love. It's a triangle of commerce and uh we get money they get money you get stuff use the link if you go to the joe business page there's the amazon banner click on that it takes you right through to amazon and then when you're in there you shop we get credit for stuff doesn't cost you anything extra just five seconds of your time to find it on my website and then you click through and everything works out great you still get your products we get a taste keeps the show rolling everybody's happy and by everybody i mean me you and jeff bezos and really isn't that all that matters in this world me you and the bezos uh me and you and a mogul named bezos Traveling by the light of the wind, whatever the fuck. Uh, so please use the Amazon link. It's great. We love it. So do you. Remember, I'm on Cameo. Did you guys know that? Uh, Cameo is an app you can download to your phone and you can say, hey, man, do me a favor. Call my kindergarten teacher and tell her she's a dick. And, uh, and I'll do it because I'm shameless. I'll be happy to do that for 15 bucks or 20 bucks. Where the fuck I got the price marked at over there? Hey, man, could you call the janitor in my high school, Al Smith, and tell him there's a cleanup out in the fucking science department? I'll do that. Just go ahead and fucking hire me for Cameo. I'm happy to go ahead and do it and fucking blast them out by leaving them on. I'll put them on blast. I think that's what the kids today say. Or I'll leave a nice message. They say it's your nephew's birthday and you want me, internet star Mike Schmidt, your new internet chum, to call him up and just go, hey, buddy, happy seventh birthday. I'm sorry that your dad called a stripper a whore. <laughs> that's that's not you. That's just in case Andy listens to the show, which I doubt because he didn't really ask about me. Hey, man, we're having that conversation. He never asks one word about me. I had to volunteer information about my past devastating marriage relationship. Uh, so, hey, Cameo's there. Download it to your phone or, or Google Cameo verbal shoutouts or video shoutouts. And you'll find me there lurking. I've done a couple of them. And, uh, and I'm ready to do more. I'm locked and I'm loaded, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and also the Patreon page exists. If you want to go ahead and become a person on the Patreon page, I would love it very much. Lots of stuff in the planning for the pipeline for the Patreon coming up. As I've mentioned, uh, you know, I'm going to be in Cincinnati. If you're a Patreon member who's a $10 donor or more, you can get free tickets to the Cincinnati show. Uh, we would love that very much. If you went ahead and became a supporter via Patreon, I need patrons and I need you guys to go ahead and step up and be the coolest people you can possibly be. And when I say need, I mean want, I mean, I don't really need it. It's pretty cool that you do it. I love it. I don't want to make it sound like, Oh my God, you have to do it. Cause it's weird enough asking for dough. Uh, but the fact that you support the show is fucking invaluable to me. And I really appreciate it very much. Thank you. Become a patron, uh, a patron at Patreon today. That would be great. Live stuff. Let's talk about that. I'm going to be in Cincinnati at the Clinton Performance Theater, July 7, 2018. Uh, tickets are on sale now at brownpapertickets.com. That's the Clinton Performance Theater. Oh, no, I apologize. The Clifton Performance Theater. The Clifton? The Clinton? God damn it. I'm fucking dumb. I don't know. I'm not dumb. You know, you just made a mistake. See, that's what I do. I'd be kind to myself. Uh, I believe it's the Clinton Performance Theater in Cincinnati. Regardless, if you go to Brown Paper Tickets and put in my name, it's going to come up. And uh, tickets are available for the show 7718. I'll be there and I'll be tearing it up and I'll be fucking sore because I love run a long race in the daytime and then I'll go home and sleep and probably try to eat some protein and then come and visit you guys at night. But that'll be fantastic. So please come and join us. And then we'll do the hangout all night long. I, don't even, I still don't have air for you. I don't know if I'm leaving Sunday, maybe Monday. Who knows? But regardless, 7718 in Cincinnati and 810, I'm sorry, 89 and 811, right? Let's pull up those dates in Seattle. Let's double check for sure as I pull up a calendar while I'm trying to talk to you and I'm filling the time. August 9th, August 11th. That's Thursday and Saturday. Thursday, 
August 9th, me and Graham Elwood, at a, uh, and he's doing a political vigilante show, and I'm going to do topical material. That's right. I'm going to do that thing I used to do. I'm going to pull out the fucking pen, and I'm going to write some jokes, goddammit. Or maybe I'll just do my old political material. You guys want to hear some stuff about Paul Songus? I think you probably do. So uh, so stick around for that. But the real selling attraction on Thursday is the Political Vigilante Show where Graham comes out, takes questions, does fucking uh, Q&A, whatever the fuck. He's going to do amazing things on Thursday. Me and Graham are there on, at the Jewel Box Rendezvous Theater, the Jewel Box at the Rendezvous in Seattle, August 9th, Political Vigilante Night, and I'll be doing some topical stuff. And then August 11th, uh, I'll be closing the show with stand-up and storytelling. So I don't know. It might be a little bit like what you heard today. That's one of the reasons why I did today's format to see about getting back into doing stories, whatever the fuck. I mean, look, bees are fun. I love doing it. And, uh, but I've kind of gotten away from what I do a little bit sometimes and now whatever, you don't need to hear all those things and you need to hear behind the curtain. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I'll be doing uh, stuff and if you've got requests for a story or whatever that you want to hear, uh, I'm happy to do it. So go ahead and contact me and let me know what you think. But that's Seattle. Tickets are on sale now at brownpapertickets.com. August 9th, Political Vigilante and me. August 11th, me and Graham Elwood doing stand-up and storytelling. It's going to be fantastic and fun, and I hope to see you there at the Jewel Box at the Rendezvous. And they have amazing food at that place. It's going to be a really great time. So please, come on out to the Jewel Box by the Rendezvous, and let's have a good time on, uh, in, on Seattle's Dime. We'll do it right there. Uh, and uh, so I told you I'd tell you about new Mike. I, I alluded to it because I mentioned I was getting back in the swing of things. I still haven't uh, posted on the Attaboy page, but I've been around there to kind of lurk and give some Attaboys. Um, the, the thing I'm most proud of is in two weeks I've had one candy bar. So I, I, because I, I was eating two a day for sure, sometimes three a day. Uh, to, to cut it down to one is fantastic. I honestly, my cardio is, you know, I'm, I'm doing a little bit at the gym before I lift, but nothing major, nothing hardcore, no miles or anything like that. Uh, I have a goal. Like I said, I wanted to lose, I'd like to lose 30 to 50 pounds before I do Cincinnati. And I think I can do that in the next two months. I can definitely do that. So, uh, but I got to add in the cardio. I'm going to start boxing. I, I have to make that phone call in, uh, tomorrow. I have to call them. I called today and they said, call back tomorrow. So I'm setting up to take some boxing, some, uh, which Max is going to laugh at me, but it's with terrible Terry Norris, former, I think, cruiserweight champion of the world, but he's teaching boxing by my house, and I'm going there to do that. Should be fun with me and terrible Terry Norris. I just do it for the photo op. I got to get in there with the terrible one. Um, but but New Mike is doing it. I'm eating. I'm cooking. I actually, like, well, I'm not cooking. Eh. I've been eating real food. So I'll, I'll like, I, I went to, I got some Indian food and I eat like, I, I eat small portions, but I went out shopping. I bought fucking trail mix and I bought tuna and I bought, uh, you know, all, all sorts of stuff that is healthy and smart. Uh, and, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm making, I made progress. I'm proud of myself. So, and I know it's just little progress, but again, it's that thing where, Hey man, boy, fuck. Yeah, I did it. I'm real happy about it. No candy. Uh, I will tell you this poker last week. Uh, a lot of people were posting on my wall and they're like, Schmitty, look at these fucking new Oreos. This is ridiculous. There's these fucking, someone was like, Hey, there's kettle corn Oreos and there's fucking cherry Coke Oreos. And I'm like, uh, well, you know me, I got to fucking try Oreos, but I will tell you this. The allure of trying the new Oreos is gone a little bit because I did it with Jill all the time. That was one of the fun things she and I did together. So now I'm kind of like, uh, and also new Mike shouldn't be buying a whole package of fucking cookies, but I found a workaround folks. We went to poker. And I stopped at Ralph's and there was Kyle, Pat's nephew. And he's like, uh, he goes, check this out. And he had Coca-Cola Oreos. And I go, dude, do they have the others? He goes, what do you mean? And I go, go, let's go look. So we go back to the cookie aisle and they had kettle corn and pina colada and uh, Coke Oreos, cherry Coke Oreos. And he's, I go, get them all. He goes, really? I go, I'll go find weird chips. So I went to the weird chip aisle. Guess what I bought? Because you know me, I love weird fucking chips. Well, there's these kettle chips and they had bourbon barbecue. That was a new one. I found some chips that were red curry coconut. Oh my God, that was fucking weird. And then... Private Selection, which you all know is Private Selection, is a store brand. 
but they had break yourself, break brace, break yourselves. General chose chicken chips. God damn, it's awesome. That's like when I was in Canada and I had the fucking Thanksgiving stuffing chips. Dude, Chinese food flavored chips? God damn, I'm in. So I grabbed the weird chips. I grabbed General Cho. I grabbed the red curry coconut and I grabbed the bourbon barbecue and I make Kyle get the cookies and we go to poker. And the best part of it is we can buy that stuff and I can have like one bite of everything and not have to fucking worry about it and just leave it all at Chip's house and he can throw it away or do whatever the fuck he wants to do with it. So here's my verdict. Uh, without doing a YouTube thing where I unpackage all the fucking Oreos. First of all, let's do the chips. Bourbon barbecue? Fuck you, man. It just tastes like every other goddamn barbecue chip you've ever had in your life. I used to make a joke that it's just the same red dust they chip off the wall in the barbecue mines, wherever the fuck they make these chips, because they always taste the same. Bourbon barbecue, whatever the fuck you want to call it, it all tastes the same. It's all barbecue garbage. So it's just barbecue chips. And look, they're good. They're barbecue chips. But there's nothing fancy or special about them. Red curry coconut, however, holy fuck, what what a taste sensation. Uh, I had a little zip, a little fastball with the red curry, but then I had the coconut that permeated everything. Pat Francis opened the bag. He's like, oh my God, this smells like Indian food. I go, it certainly does, sir. Uh, and then we ate those and I mean, those were wolfable. I had a handful of those and they were really good. I only had one of the bourbon barbecues, but I had a handful of the red curry coconut chips and I could have eaten the whole bag if I hadn't had the willpower. If new Mike hadn't shown up and come to town, I would have killed that entire bag. I would have just strapped it in my face like a Bane mask. Do you feel in charge? Do you feel curry coconut? I, I absolutely do, Bane. Uh, you think the darkness is your friend, whatever. Uh, anyway, so I, I had a handful of those and they were good. And then we opened the general Cho's chicken and, uh, it smells, it smells like a Chinese house and you smell it like, Oh, and then you taste it. And it's just got that, you know what it tastes like? Chinese food. It just tastes like fucking uh, five spice. Like every, every generic bowl of Chinese food you've ever had in your life. It doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't really taste like general Cho's chicken other than it's a little spicy, but it was, uh, yeah, it's all right. It was fine, but I got to try a weird chip certainly, but I enjoyed it. It tasted like Chinese food and a potato chip. That's, that's all I wanted. Chinese food, potato chip. Perfect. That's what it should have been On to the cookies because people have been posting the pictures and going, what'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? Well, I didn't get to taste them until poker. Uh, and I'll post a picture up in the, in the Joker's page to explain that. Yeah, Cause I took a picture of all of this stuff. If you, I'll just put up stack photos for no reason. Um, we tried the Oreos, uh, the pina colada Oreos, clear winner, absolutely your winner in the clubhouse because they're also thins. They're really small, so they're not like crazy big. And they, they had like that tropical, fuck, they taste like sunscreens, but they're but a good sunscreen, like a delicious sunscreen. That's what pina colada Oreos taste like. Oh my God. It's like you took a couple of vanilla Oreos and you put sunscreen in the middle <laughs> and you ate that with a red curry coconut potato chip. Oh my God. It's like being in the islands, but being sick to your stomach. Oh, it was great. It's like being seasick on a pontoon, uh, but it was good. I didn't mind it, that pina colada Oreo, but then we moved on to the kettle corn Oreo. And uh, you know what it tastes like more than kettle corn? Waffles and syrup. And I'm a super taster, so trust me, I know. It was good. It was okay. It was just kind of sweet, but it also, it tasted like maple syrup. And uh, I forget, Pat said it tasted like something else, like pancakes. And I said it tasted like waffles and syrup. So it had more of a breakfasty taste than a kettle corny taste. Uh, it's hard to capture corn and put a corn flavor in a cookie, probably. They should have made the wafers actually corn, like big-ass cornflakes. See, that would have worked. Uh, but it was just okay. Now we move on because we, we, we saved the best for last. Certainly we saved And I already mentioned pina colada was the winner in the clubhouse. And, uh, I mentioned that the, uh, kettle corn tastes like waffles and syrup. We well, can't go wrong with that. That's still pretty good. But then you've got the cherry cola and look, I dude, 
I would drink cherry cola every day the rest of my life if I didn't care about my health. If I didn't care about anything, one of the things I used to love when Karen and I would be, you know, we'd go shopping for Thanksgiving or whatever. Even when I got soda out of my diet, once I had the surgery, I would buy a 12 pack of cherry Coke and just have it in the fridge. And I would drink it over the course of a month, like one can every two days or whatever. Cause I, dude, I love cherry Coke and those fucking machines now where you can make your own, where you can make raspberry Coke and all that other bullshit. Holy fuck. Is it great? But cherry Cokes, that's just it. That's my fucking home run. It has been since it came out. So cherry Coke Oreos, that's a fucking winner, right? You'd think, wouldn't you? Holy God, was it awful. It was so fucking bad, dude. Cherry Coke Oreos, they just, they taste, it tastes like, it tastes like somebody spilled cherry Coke on a countertop and then left it there for two days and then wiped it up with a cloth and squeezed it into your mouth. I mean, it was that fucking, it just tasted like flat, gross soda, but also it tasted medicinal. It tasted like scissor. It tasted like mixing Robitussin with a cherry Coke. I got to think that Lil Wayne loves these goddamn Oreos and he's just fucking on the knot eating them because holy fuck, were they terrible. And we bought, we all ate them and we all made the same face. And I mean, dude, how do you fuck up cherry Coke and Oreos? That seems like a goddamn marriage. That seems like they should go together. That seems like two things that I love. That seems like two tastes, great tastes that taste great together. And then you put them together and it just tastes like you put fucking cough syrup in a goddamn, in, in a bottle of sunscreen. That's what it was. You know what? The permeation of sunscreen. I think they shouldn't have bought Coppertone. That's what I feel for Oreo. They probably shouldn't have gone ahead and invested all of that money in Band de Soleil. If you hadn't done that, you can make a tasty cookie instead of making something that feels like I should rub it on my fucking forehead at the goddamn beach so I don't wind up getting lines and creases into my old age. Not that I'm on old now, of course. It's easier to hide when you pretend you're a knight. Women love a guy with a giant neck. See you. 